again everyone. So this morning we're talking about friends and choosing friends wisely. Um, some of you know I'm a secondary school teacher. I teach at King's. If anyone here's at King's, Ellen, I can see you there. Um, it's a great school but there are three brilliant schools in Winchester. And thinking about friends, a lot of us in, in the school environment anyway, and I know outside of it as well, you can make friends and unfriend people really easily on Facebook these days. Friendship itself has got sort of different meaning to it. And so I think it's really important to think about what friendship means, what God wants us to think about friendship, and that's what we'll be having a look at this morning. Um, and obviously very important that we learn how to choose our friends wisely. Um, Thinking about friends, I wonder how many of these famous people with their friends you can spot. Um, some of you might be able to do them all. Some of you might get a bit stumped. Andy, I'm looking out for you being able to do them all. <laughs> um, so can anyone spot any famous friends up there? Asa, Michael Jordan, absolutely. I did that one, especially for you and Reuben. <laughs> And for Josh as well, actually, but mainly for you and Reuben. So Michael Jordan down the bottom here. Anyone else spot anyone up there? Fred Flintstone and his friends, absolutely. Mikai. Scooby-Doo and his friends, yeah, definitely. Anyone else down there? Who can you spot? Trains, Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, James. James in the trains. <laughs> anyone else spot people up there? Loose. Sorry? Rizzle Kicks, a prize for anyone over the age of 30 who was also able to spot Rizzle Kicks. That's well. See, I knew Andy would be there for me. Um, JJ. Charlie Brown and Snoopy, yeah, great friends, those ones. Anyone else over there? Someone at the back. I'm sorry, I don't know your name, but with a hand up there. One Direction. One Direction, you're right, plus another friend next to One Direction. Equally cool, Ed Sheeran. Oh, my word, there are some people over 30 who knew that as well. Impressive. <laughs> um, how about the golfers up the top? Jane. You can do David Beckham. Looking rather good with his friends on a motorbike in Brazil, I think. Is that right, Larissa? Um, I've forgotten your name. Isn't that awful? Ollie, of course it is. Winnie the Pooh, absolutely. We've done most of them just in the middle here with the baby. It's taken a few years ago. Andy? David Cameron with his friend Helena Bonham Carter next to him. There. Okay, so we've all got friends. Even famous people have friends. Sometimes they might find it hard to remember that when they've got lots of people around them. When we did our friends bingo, we came up with quite a few different things that friends do for us or good friends do for us. So we've got ideas about making you laugh and chilling out with people, all of those sorts of things there. I think we got most of the ones there. But I think um, sometimes, I think if we're honest, sometimes those aren't the qualities we find in our friends. Sometimes we can feel a bit let down by our friends. Sometimes we can be a bit disappointed in the friends that we have around us. They do something and we think, really? Did you, did you mean that? And it can throw us a little bit. But I think as we start to talk about friendships, we need to remember that we only have one BFF. Okay? We only have one best friend forever, and that's Jesus. He is our best friend. 
So as we talk about all of this, that's what, it doesn't come out that, but it says BFF up there. That's fundamental, that we have um, Jesus as our best friend. And I'm talking about the friends that we have around us. But if we look at Jesus, um, we know that he won't let us down. We can completely trust in him. He's always there to love us. He forgives us. Um, and he, he has stickability. I remember that was one of the words we had earlier. He's there through everything. And if we look at Jesus um, and his life on earth, it's clear that he's surrounded by his disciples. He calls people out to be with him. He's not a loner. He does the whole of his ministry with a group of friends. He had his ministry. um, And if you look at the things that he did with his disciples, um, they were with him on trips. They did praying together. They worshipped together. They ate. They sailed. They healed um, people through God. Cast out demons. They went fishing together. They were there in the deserts, they were there in the cities, synagogues, homes, weddings, funerals. They did life with each other. And if Jesus did that with his friends, then surely that's something that we should be looking at as a model for how we live our lives with our friends. The proverb that I wanted to kind of take as the main thing today um, is this one. This advice that Proverbs gives us. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Now I'm thinking about that walking. I know I do quite a lot of different types of walk. I do that walk when I'm in an absolute rush to get there, but I will not be seen running in public. You know that type of walk, you know, really fast, a little bit of a sprint and then stop again. Did anyone see me? No, I've got to get there. I also do that walk when you think you've got the child to sleep again and you tiptoe out of the room desperately hoping they're not going to wake up and just as you get to the door there's a mummy so I do a lot of different types of walks and I'm sure we all do but my most favourite type of walk is when you walk with a group of friends Um, you go on a long walk together sometimes you might split off and you have a little bit more of a deeper chat with some someone on that group in that group you're back together again you have a bit of a laugh sometimes if it's up a steep hill I have those moments on that walk where I have to stop and look back at the magnificent view that we've just been enjoying Um, and then as we get round the corner there's another magnificent view that needs a good stop and admire Um, then as we get up and over the hill there's the view ahead of me which I need to stop and admire as well Um, and my friends who might live in that area who've been there can point out landmarks places that we've been to places that we're going to you can tell I'm an English teacher can't you you can tell that there's an analogy going on there um, with us and our friends and the walk that we have with our friends because I think walking together it's that kind of walk that I think we're talking about when we're talking about our friends and uh, what Proverbs is suggesting. Um, it was interesting, as I did a bit of research on this, I came up, found this fact, and it came up several different times, so I'm sort of inclined to believe it. It certainly rings true that you become like the five people you spend most time with. Choose carefully. And that was quite a challenge to me, I have to say. Um, because I have a lot of friends and I spend a lot of time with friends at work as well and I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a minute but there is that difference between friends that are Lord lovers friends that know and love Jesus 
and people that we hang out with, that we get on incredibly well with, but don't, who don't completely share the same values and beliefs that we do. And I think it's kind of made me stop and think about that a little bit. Um, Proverbs tells us that we need to choose our company of friends wisely. And um, the idea of a company of friends made me think that we were a team. Sorry, I had to do that. Or a team. <laughs> um, we're able to help each other out. We're not isolated or vulnerable to the influences of the enemy because we have friends that are looking out for us. I just want to play a little clip about a team where people start working together. People start ensuring that one person isn't isolated or left out. Some of you may or may not know it. It's a little clip from a film called Coach Carter, and Nathan is going to do that for me. All right, that's it for today. We have a game tomorrow, so get some rest tonight. And remember, ties and jackets tomorrow. Clay. Mr. Cruz, I'm impressed with what you've done, but you came up short. You owe me 80 suicides and 500 push-ups. Please leave my gym. Thanks, Clyde. Gentlemen, see you tomorrow. I'll do push-ups for him. You said we're a team. One person struggles and we all struggle. One player triumphs, we all triumph, right? I'll do some. I'll run suicides too. I do some too. Thank you. Okay, I love that clip because it really sort of brought home to me the idea of us being in a team and having a team of friends around us. And that when one of us is feeling down or going through a tough time, our friends step in to help and take on part of that and ease the burden there. And thinking that uh, we need to be proactive in putting our team of friends together. That was one of the biggest challenges for me, not to just kind of think, oh, it's just going to happen here. I'll go to a really good church and there's going to be loads of people there. I'm going to make friends with them or they'll make friends with me because I'm such a lovely person. They're just going to want to. Um, Maybe not. Maybe I actually have to put some effort into this um, activity as well. Um, And I recognize, like I said earlier, that I've got friends at work who are incredibly important to me. 
But it really challenged me, again, this idea of putting together a team of people that have the same values, that have the same beliefs, that that are Lord lovers. Um, Because that is missing. I have a lot of people that I go out with, non-Christian friends. I've just been to a friend's humanist wedding. And while I completely honour the fact that she was being honest to herself and her other half, and they weren't doing it in a church and having all the paraphernalia, I realised that when you stop and sing songs about love, love me do, without actually knowing that love is God, that that's, that's not enough for me. And I need to, to be aware of, of those differences and to guard my heart against being influenced by those sorts of things as well. What does Proverbs tell us about um, friendship? It tells us what God doesn't like. He doesn't like, in Proverbs 6, 16, um, he doesn't like haughty eyes, people with haughty eyes, or a lying tongue, or hands that shed innocent blood, or feet that are quick to rush into evil, people who bear false witness, who pour out lies, and people who stir up conflict in the community. Those are the things that God doesn't like. I think if you did find that you were surrounded by those people, you really need better friends, seriously. Okay. But if we have a look at those in a bit more detail, let's go back. Okay. Haughty eyes then, meaning proud and arrogant, being kind of sort of above other people. And I'm thinking at, at school, at work, with our friends, are there anyone that, are there anyone that we know that we overhear saying things like this, or we even find ourselves saying it? So, for example, have we ever heard or found ourselves saying, "Oh my goodness, what is she wearing?" I mean, honestly, who would be seen dressed like that? Or, sorry, what was it you said you did? No. Um, what about? Children, what about, have any of you ever heard things like this? He's still on stage three reading, but I'm on stage five because I'm really good. It's fine to be proud about what you're doing, but why are you doing it? Are you doing it to put other people down, to make them feel bad, or are you just proud? Proud's fine, but be careful about why people say these things. What about, oh, don't worry about her. She's only the, whatever it is, that you're going to finish that sentence off. We don't need to worry about that. Those are phrases that I know I've heard quite regularly. Do I get influenced by them? Do I find myself saying things like that? A lying tongue. Again, perhaps we don't think we know people that that blatantly lie all the time. But again, I've heard things like, I promise you I sent that email last week. I I just don't understand why you didn't get it. Or... um, I told my mum we were going around to Jen's, but not that her mum and dad and dad are away. She'd only freak. Not worth telling the complete truth because you're actually being nice to your parents by not telling them, you know, kind of justifying it in a way. You don't want to see parents freaking out. I won't tell them everything. Actually, no. We do need to be open and honest. Or perhaps we could just leave those details out of the presentation. No questions asked, no harm done, eh? Actually, it's not right. It's lying. And we need to be careful to guard ourselves against things like that. Hands that shed innocent blood. Now, I bet you're feeling safe. Okay, You don't think you know anyone that perhaps sheds innocent blood. And I certainly don't know anyone um, who does the actual blood part. 
But I do know people who abuse their power. I work in school. There are lots of people in school, both teachers, um, staff, but children as well, who do abuse power. And I know it's not just in my environment at all. Um, People who are bullies. People who enjoy making others feel vulnerable. Okay, they, they seem to enjoy that feeling that it gives them. And I think that that's perhaps one of the tough times because we don't want to become a victim of their power abuse. So sometimes we can keep quiet or sometimes we can be friends with them because we don't want to be the next victim. But I think that actually if we remember what our BFF does, or if we remember what Jesus does, it's to stand up and to speak up against that kind of thing. What about um, a heart that devises wicked schemes or feet that are quick to rush into evil? Um, perhaps a little bit of the old fiddling of the expenses, because, you know, no one notices it's a big company I work for. They're not going to notice the odd thing here and there. Perhaps a bit of cheating in the exam, like Mr. Bean down there. Right. You know, what's the point of revising? I sit next to so-and-so, they're a complete geek. They'll do the revising for me, and their writing's so big, I can see it from where I sit. Or, I'm not going to be doing French for GCSE, there's no bother in revising for this exam, I'll just make sure I sit near so-and-so and copy their answers. Okay, you can kind of hear people excusing um, themselves for the things that they do. But do we? A false witness who pours out lies... Um, it's also translated as a slandering tongue or I like to think of it as gossip I don't want to be stereotypical but I do wonder whether as women we have more of a problem with that because we do like to hear news even Jane Austen can tell them an English teacher in Emma, there's a point in Emma where she said oh news, yes I do love news and we try and kind of blanket over it it's just news doesn't matter. It's not gossip, really. It's the truth, as one of these things says here. But in our family, we have a little phrase. Um, is it our story to tell? Which has come from one of C.S. Lewis's books, um, where it says, um, Child, said the voice, I'm telling you, you, telling you your story, not hers. I told no one any story but his own. And when we're about to say something... When I come home from work and I'm about to say something or the children come in and they're about to tell, us, tell me something, it's just a, a stop. Is this my story to tell? Now, sometimes it can be positive. You know, you want to tell something really exciting and good. For example, at work, I overheard about six months ago someone telling someone else that she was pregnant and I knew they'd been trying for ages. I was so excited. That was good news. And I went back to my office and I was desperate to tell someone what I'd overheard. But in that case, it certainly wasn't my story to tell. Right? That was up to her to go and tell people. And that would have been wrong. So it was incredibly hard, and I kept quiet. And I'm, this is the first time I've told anyone I'm so proud of myself that I kept quiet. Um, thank you. <laughs> She's going to have a baby in October, so I've done quite well um, there. So is it your story to tell? Or are you telling someone else's story without them there? A person who stirs up conflict in the community. Okay, steers clear, it says um, in Proverbs, as someone who bears grudges and doesn't forgive, who tries to turn one person against another, who deliberately tries to stir people's emotions to cause pain and doesn't recognize the pain their words can cause. Now, again, I'm speaking from personal experience, and I hear quite a lot of this in school. 
I don't know whether you in the school playground, whether you hear people. She said she was going to be my best friend, but she's not because she told lies about me. Or so-and-so is saying this about you. Did you know? There's a lot of stirring that goes on. And as teenagers, I know that you can hear it as well. Sometimes I think it's even worse when it's on Facebook. You know, you make a comment in all innocence and then people come back and they're sort of stirring it up. And people have conversations on Facebook um, that really just designed to stir, to upset. And there's someone I know very well who loves it. She openly admits she enjoys stirring. um, And she looks for the vulnerable people um, and thinks knows of ways to get them to react. She's desperate to try and get me to react about being a Christian, so she'll often say comments about that to me. Um, But whenever she says, oh, God, can't believe that's happening, I'll always turn around and say, that's amazing. You actually asked him for help for once. Um, And she, oh, shut up. Um, So she she can't get a reaction out of me like that. And she's, I mean, we've had chats about it. She says, you know, I do. I do try and wind you up. I do try and see whether I can get something out of you. But you never rise, whereas other people do. And she loves it. Um, But she knows that I don't like that way of her behaving. And I'm certain that none of us would. So we've heard about the type of people that the writer of Proverbs tells us we don't want to hang out with. Maybe uh, some of the actions have actually rung a few warning bells inside our heads. Certainly as I was going through it, I was thinking, oh, okay, maybe I do do these things. Maybe I am a bit more influenced by these things than I thought I was. Maybe I have got to put some guards up a bit more. Um, But like any coach, the writer of Proverbs tells us that we need to put together a team of people who will walk with us and who will help us to be wise. So it's up to us to put them together. Who, who are these people? Well, I think they're the opposites of what we've seen. So I'd like you just to talk to the people around you or talk to you um, in pairs. These are what I thought I sort of summed up those qualities that the Proverbs writer tells us we shouldn't be looking for. We should steer clear of people like that. Well, if that's who we should steer clear of, What are the opposites of those? So if you could just talk to the person next to you, what what would we say are the qualities that we should? We're going to stop there. I can see a lot of people going through the list and thinking about opposites. Some of them, I think, are quite easy. Others, perhaps you want to sort of give more of a sentence. You can't give one or two words as an opposite. I was thinking about it, putting together our our team of people, and these are the kind of opposites that I came up with. Um, Humble, being the opposite to arrogant or proud. So someone we're looking for someone who's serving, who's encouraging, who's intimate with God. Um, Honest, the opposite to the dishonest one. Someone who's truthful, committed to honesty, and challenging me to do the same. Destructive there. I've got creative, tender and merciful. We're looking for people who are happy to pray for the sick, to comfort the grieving. Immoral or choosing to do wrong things. And I thought of being pure-hearted, having integrity and being able to um, prick our conscience. And we've got peacemaker and being trustworthy there. You've got on your um, chairs a picture of a Peanuts cartoon. Um, which is the same as the one up there. 
We haven't got a huge amount of time, so I'm not going to ask you to do the writing bit. But if you were to equate um, those qualities there with people that you know that you'd like to have on your team, you might already you might already have some of them. So we need to recognise the great people God's put on our team already. The people that we value, that we appreciate, that we know they're there and they give those things to us. Um, we need to think about the areas of influence that we might be lacking. So we look there and we think, you know, I've got someone on my team who's so humble, I can really learn from them, but I don't have someone who is a peacemaker and maybe I need to learn a bit more about that. Maybe I need to look for someone who's like that. Um, So we need to be proactive and active, pray and actively seek people for our team. And remember, as part of a team, we've got to be ready to give as well as receive. We're not just looking for people who can give stuff to us. We're part of a team. We're going to expect to give, to to give the time to other people as well. I've got a friend who's just moved to Austria, and um, she's going to have to look for a new doctor, a new dentist, a new Pilates teacher. She's got a lot to do. Um, But to do those things, she's going to have to go and actively try and find them. She's not going to wait for them to turn up on the door. Hi, I'm the great Pilates teacher in the area. I hear you're wanting me. Or, um, I'm a brilliant dentist, why don't you come and join me? No, she's going to have to actively look for them. And that's what we need to do. We need to pray, we need to talk with people, we need to watch people, we need to see how people react in various situations. That person looks like the sort of person I'd like on my team. I'm going to try and get to know them a bit better. Spend some time with them. So, if we think back to the verse at the start... He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. We obviously don't want to be the companion of fools. We want to be uh, in a team with wise people. We want to be in a team that God wants to put around us. But we can't just sit back and let it all happen. We need to be proactive, praying about it. And uh, I'm thinking particularly, as I finish here, I was thinking particularly of people going back to school. I think it's incredibly hard really really hard at school at the moment you are surrounded by people that have a lot of things different from you they they believe in a lot of things that are different from you and they are very happy to gossip they're very happy to experiment with things that you know you don't want to they're very happy to watch stuff on tv that you know your parents say they'd rather you didn't and actually knowing how to be a friend to those people without being influenced by them is a difficult thing so I'd like us to pray for those people, but certainly if we aren't at school, if we don't have teenagers and young people in our families, can I really encourage you over the next few weeks to pray for the young people in this church, for the children and the youth, as they go back to school, that they will be able to walk um, with good friends. And also I challenge us, are we being good friends to them? If they don't have those people in their environment at school, they're going to find them here. Are we available for them? Are we watching out for them? Are we saying, yeah, I can offer that. I want to make friends with a young person. I want to hang out with them. I want to, to know about what's going on in their lives so that they've got someone to help them in that team. Don't, don't let us leave our young people and our children to go out of here on their own. We know they're vulnerable. Let's be part of their team as well as building our own team up because they are worth it.
Thank you, Anna. Um, Nathan, I wonder, could you please pop that slide up again, which had all the, the team on and the different qualities? And what we can do is we're going to put the talk, Anna's talk up with all the other talks on the website, but we can also put the slides up, because I think there's plenty to think about, about the people that we want to invite onto our team. What we're going to do just now is why don't we stand together... And if you're somebody who's starting something new this term, it might be that you are somebody going into a new school year. It might be that you're a student who's starting to study in Winchester for the first time or going away to a different university for the first time. It might be that you're starting a new job in the area for the first time. Why don't you just kind of put your hand in the air very slightly and those people around you can just pray for you. Well, we're going to pray together for people who are starting something new and would, would need to find some new friends. Father, thank you so much for the friends that you have already given us. Thank you for the people that you've put in place around us that will uh, be there for us in difficult times, that will encourage us and will help us to move forward. And we pray for people that are starting a new phase, that are returning to school or a new job or anything like that, Lord. We just pray that as they go into a new environment, that you will show them the people that you have picked out for them to be friends to them. And Father, we also pray that you will guard their hearts and help them to see uh, the influences that others can have over them, Lord, as they discern to choose their friends wisely. Amen. Now, please stay standing. We're coming towards the close of our service. We've got one more song to sing. And so, kids, especially little ones, you've done really well today. Well done. But there is some time to respond after we've sung. And it might be that Anna's talking, that God was just kind of convicting you. He was putting his finger on something about how you could be a better friend in one of these areas. And you know, if you feel bad about the way that you've spoken about somebody, about something that you've said or something you've done, then you can just say sorry and God will forgive you. He'll wash you clean and that can be gone. And so as we sing this song, you might just want to think about that. It's God pointing at me and saying, come on, let's change this together. Or it might be that you're not starting something new this term, but you really need friends. You really need some people to kind of fill in these gaps in your life. And if that's you, then we'd love to pray with you as you ask God to to show you who those people are. And the third category are people who God is calling to be good friends, to stand alongside people who need reliability and loyalty and love and care and compassion. And it might be today that God is putting somebody in your mind and showing you that they're the person that you should go and be a friend with. So let's just sing this song together. And as we do, God, please speak to each of us. Show us how you want us to respond, how to be better friends and how to find the friends you want us to connect with.